talking to you this week, Kevin. We were talking about the Whitey Bulger verdict that was handed down the other day. A few days for it all to sink in now. Um, what have the families in particular been saying? Well, one thing that's developed in the last couple of days is it's pretty clear that Dan Conley, the um, district attorney for Suffolk County here in Boston, is is going to perhaps indict some of the people that have been identified in the federal trial as being responsible for some of these homicides that involve White Bulger. Specifically, there's a guy named Pat Nee. He's a Galway-born Southie gangster, and uh, he was implicated in a number of homicides. Um, and I, I think it's only a matter of time before there's a grand jury convened on him. But Dan Conley has actually met with a number of the victims' families, including those who got... Uh, Whitey did not was not found not guilty in these murders. They just they they basically said the government hadn't proved it because uh, the, the jury was very specific about not taking uncorroborated information from this parade of killers and thugs who were used as witnesses against Whitey Bulger. You were with Stephen Davis a lot. Um, now his yeah. sister was killed but there was no finding of a verdict in relation to her death. Uh, how has he been dealing with that? Because that was that was one of the key points of bringing this trial, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was one of the key. Well, it certainly was the key thing to Whitey. The only thing Whitey really objected to was the killing of the women. He more or less conceded almost everything else. That's, that's why it was surprising that there were... Um, basically, the jury... It, it wasn't that Whitey fought these other murders. He more or less accepted. His, his own lawyer basically said he did everything, but he didn't kill the women and he wasn't a tout. That was the, that was the extent of the defense. But the jury just found that they couldn't... I mean, like in Steve Davis's case, it really came down to the word of Whitey, although he offered no defense other than his lawyer said he didn't do it. He never got up on the stand and said it himself. It came down to the, the word of Steve Flemmy, his partner in crime, who's a total degenerate. And, um, I mean, Whitey was convicted of killing Deborah Hussey, who was Steve Flemmy's stepdaughter. And as testimony showed, Steve Flemmy began having sex with his own stepdaughter when she was a young teenager. She then turned to drugs. She became a heroin addict. And that's basically why they decided to kill her, because she was going around town dropping their name and actually mentioned that they had an FBI contact and she was using his name. So that's why they killed her. And, um, the, the Davis murder was really a tough thing, and, and Steve Davis is, is a very emotional guy to begin with, and um, he was his emotions were all over the place. Right before the verdict, he told me he could. He, I more or less tried to prepare him for it, John. I, I, I had a real feeling that they they were going to not be able to have a, a guilty verdict on that. So, and he sort of understood it, but then in the heat of the moment, after he was really upset. And I think it's you know as the days pass, you basically say, "What did I go through all this for?" and uh, I think a lot of the families feel that way. Mm. Um, I wrote the, a column in the sorry, middle on, of the thing. I was just saying, I wrote a column in the middle of the thing. The way this t- trial played out, it was almost like a, a kowtowing to Whitey's in, inflated view of himself. We did treat him like John Dillinger. We did, we did treat him like Al Capone. Um, I would have just charged him with the guns that were in his wall in, in, in uh, California and thrown him into San Quentin. He could hang out with the gangbangers, see how he does out there. <laughs> I really thought that this was a, an awful lot of money for a very, very little closure. Mm. The one thing that uh, I always find amazing about the American system is that the jury, over here the jury, the secrecy of the jury and the anonymity of the jury is really sacrosanct. Sure. Um, you never hear from them. In America, it's, it's very different. Uh, a lot of the jurors have come out and spoken about this. And it would appear that they were a little, uh, they were a little divided on, on many of the issues that had been put to them, despite the strength of the evidence. 
Yeah, but, you know, I don't think that's unusual. I mean, I was in a jury once on a very minor criminal matter, and it's, you know, it's like everything. If you, It's that old story, John. If you, if you um, whisper, like, a sentence to Emma, and Emma whispers it to Ashling, and Ashling represents, <laughs> whispers it to Stephen, and it just goes around your newsroom, it just, it would be completely different when it came out from the fourth or fifth person. So everybody hears evidence and sees evidence differently. And there was a suggestion that there was at least one woman on the jury who said that she did not believe that Whitey Bulger was the type that would kill a woman. And which was, to me, if that was said, was an extraordinary thing to say. Um, because she wouldn't have had a feeling for Whitey Bulger. She basically, everything she knew about Whitey Bulger, she learned in six weeks of testimony. Yeah. Um, I have no, absolutely no doubt that he killed those women. Absolutely no doubt. And the other thing that didn't add up on the Davis thing is um, her body was hidden, and they accepted that he killed all the other people whose bodies were in these shallow graves, but they didn't accept that that was part of the ring. So it's weird, but that's what you get. You get 12 people together. They see things differently. They hear things differently. Mm. They, they pick up on things. Something that's significant to somebody is not significant to somebody else. Bradley Manning, we've spoken a lot about this guy in the past. Is he a whistleblower? Is he a traitor? And you've always said that the Americans were a little bit, not disinterested, but a little bit distant from it uh, yeah. compared to the way we would view the case. Their interest was piqued this week in the way that this played out at his sentencing hearing. He he said he was sorry, but most of the coverage didn't surround that at all. It was a surrounding a picture of, of kind of a very personal thing that this young man was going through. Yeah, he obviously has uh, gender identity issues, and um, and I think you know I mentioned that even with the, um, the, the the situation with Snowden. What are their motivations? Um, you know, was and and then you have to step back and say, does it really matter? Um, I, I just for, for preparing for this, I went on to the Guardian website and read the comments, and I just see that Bradley Manning has actually been sort of elevated to this sort of heroic status that I don't think he deserves. Um, and, you know, I, did he really expose with the things? I mean, it, one part of me, Jonathan, says, you know, this kid's going to do an awful lot of time in prison. And I personally think Dick Cheney should be his cellmate. Um, yeah, Dick Cheney not, and some that, other that people. ain't going to happen. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen, but I mean, Dick Cheney and other people in that administration led us into a war that was unnecessary that killed a lot of Iraqis, that killed a lot of Americans. And, you know, when I say that, I say as, uh, as an American, you know, one of the few Americans who actually had skin in the game. I had two nephews that did service there. One of them was badly hurt there. Most Americans don't know about it, don't care about it. And so when I look at a kid like Bradley Manning, you know, if he has to be punished, he has to be punished. But the frustration is the guy like Cheney, not only is he not punished, you know, he just made more money from that war. It's yeah, really he's continuing to, to, to live his life in the States far removed from it. And just to finish up, one other area of foreign policy that uh, the Americans have gotten criticised uh, a lot for in recent days. President Obama has now come out. He's made some very strong statements. He's cancelled uh, events that were due to be staged with Egypt. But uh, how is this playing out in the US media? We were hearing from an Egyptian earlier in the programme that uh, perhaps the the opinion of Egyptians isn't being painted particularly well. What is the, what's the former position of the U.S. government? Well, it's a big story here in America. Obviously, part of it is, though, it's August, and nobody pays anything to, attention to anything in America except baseball in August. And, I mean, the administration looks pretty... I think they're in a really bad spot because... And this happened with the... They didn't like the Palestinian elections either. Um, 
you know, it's, you can't say you're for a democracy and then say uh, it's okay that uh, it, these generals are going to basically take over the country. It, 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 they're very, it, and even Obama saying he's going to cancel these war games. Big deal. The only thing the Egyptians would pay attention to is if, if you cut their aid, and they're not even talking about that. And I, John McCain, who I, I still think has an awful lot of credibility on issues like this, uh, John McCain understands what torture is. Uh, he understands what war crimes are. And, uh, you know, he, he said just yesterday he was very, and he likes John Kerry, the Secretary of State. And uh, he's very critical of Kerry, saying that Kerry basically said that, you know, he hopes the generals do the right thing and stuff. And, you know, McCain says we can't have it both ways. We have to say that you have to respect democracy. If you don't like the Muslim Brotherhood, vote them out. Yeah, well, that's you don't, the point. You don't, you don't, you don't launch coups, and you don't support coups. Yeah. Okay. Well, we leave it there. Lots to come. You'll be watching the hurling this weekend, I presume, somewhere in oh, Boston, yeah. will you? Absolutely. But you'll I'm be supporting up. Cork at the end of it all, won't you? Well, I have a Cork. I have a grandmother, a Fleming from Cork, so I, I'm, I, I got skin in that game too. <laughs> I must come back to you because you're there. And you might be related to my wife in a distant way if you're related oh, to Fleming. <laughs> Kevin We're Cullen. all related at the end. We're all horse thieves. <laughs> Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe. Pleasure talking to you, Kevin. Good man.